With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a great week so far. Before we get into the podcast, uh, we have just announced a tour, New Generation Tour. Um, you can win tickets or you can win a bunch of tickets. You can win two flights to uh, LA, two nights in a hotel to come to my LA show um, at Exchange. Um, also, you can... Um, what else can you win? You can win tickets to... <laughs> I, I'm, I've kind of gone lost on my own competition. You can win tickets to the whole, to the whole um, tour. Um, all you need to do is go on to link or lnk.2 dash searching comp um lnk.2 slash searching comp um and you can kind of get all the details from there so without further ado it's podcast time monica examit um monica is a bronze medalist olympic fencer um i got put in touch with her from a good friend of mine called chris pierce um i was really interested in having her on the podcast because anybody that can compete at olympic level in their sport is going to be an interesting conversation um the dedication that it takes to to be that good is something that i can't even comprehend in my in my brain um so I managed to get her on and it was an amazing conversation. I feel like we could have probably talked for two, three hours, um, but it was really solid, really, really good. And I hope you enjoy it. Enjoy. Monica, we're live. How's it going? Great. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thanks for doing this. Um, I got put onto you by one of like my best mates, Chris, um, Chris Pierce. Um, I love him. He's the best. How do you know him? <laughs> so he didn't tell you the story no he hasn't told me anything he just like he just texted me and was like you need to get monica on the podcast i was like okay sick and i was like who's monica and, and he was like well this is what she's done blah 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 i'm like i'm down this sounds amazing <laughs> so her story's kind of funny um <clears throat> so he was uh, a photographer all over new york for all mm -hmm. the different clubs yeah and it was it was the night of Red Foo at Lavo. And um, so I went out with a promoter. Yeah. This is like when I would go out to clubs. Why? I don't know. But what year was this? What year was this? I wish I could tell you. This is before the Olympics. So maybe like 2014, okay. 2015, sometime in that area. Mm -hmm. um, and so the like Lavo's packed. You've been to Lavo, I assume. I've like, only been once with Chris. Club. Yeah, the smallest club in the world, like, there's tables everywhere, so you have, like, little to no room, period. Yeah. God forbid you have a big performer, like Red Foo. So everybody was out partying, and somehow my best friend and I, we got, like, we, like, pushed through into the front, and I had my glass from the table that I was at. And we were dancing around, and Red Foo's people were pouring alcohol, I think, tequila in people's mouths, 
So I opened up my mouth and I had my cup up and all of a sudden my hand gets heavier. And I was like, oh, great. I have lukewarm tequila in my cup. What can I do? You literally cannot get out. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to drink this. What am I going to do? I hate tequila. I black out every time I drink tequila. (laughs) And that's what happened that night. Um, Then Red Foods people dragged us into their table. Mm. They like a roped off section. Um, The last few things that I do remember, um, Red Food was feeding this girl. It was like 2 a.m. Salmon with his bare hands. We like met as like we're watching him like pick salmon off the, the plate and like put it in her mouth. We're all like, <laughs> it's a bit gross. <laughs> this is rough. Um, and then the next day I woke up and my friend filled me in on everything that happened. Um, and then I was like going through the photos at Lavo. And I think there was, a, I think it was a photo there. It was on my phone. Maybe it was on my phone. Of me kissing this guy's cheek. Maybe that's how it was. I think it was like on my phone, I was kissing this guy's cheek and he's holding a camera. And I was like, oh shit, is this like the lava photographer? And I went through the photo album and I somehow like, I think, I think like it had the Chris's like name as the title and I yeah. clicked on, I was like, oh shit, it's that guy. So I DM'd him. I was like, so sorry for violating your cheek. I don't know what else I did, but he's like, no, I love it. He's like, usually people want to punch me. He's like, and you just like grabbed my face and kissed me on the cheek. And I was like, cool. All right. And then we became friends. That's a solid meeting. I didn't know that at all. Um, yeah. But that makes me happy. I love Chris. He's the best. Yeah. He's, the best. He's, he's awesome. I love him. Also a very good photographer. Yes. Also true. If, if you, if you spoke to him recently. Um, we like briefly, we would, we catch up every once in a while. He's in New York at the moment. He's, um, he's, he's got the vid. He caught COVID like a couple of days ago. Oh shit. I didn't know he was in New York. Yeah. He's in, he was doing some like Red Bull thing and he was, um, supposed to be moving back to the UK like four days ago. And then he caught, he literally got the like COVID test for, to go back to the UK. And then they were like, yeah, you're positive. Whoops. Sorry, it's not good. Anyway, how's life? So I, I guess I want to get into it. Um, I was doing a bit of research on on you um, beforehand, oh. and I was like, so bronze Olympic medalist 2016. You also mm-hmm. uh, have a podcast called On the Fence, mm-hmm. um, and you also do modeling. Um, how? Let, let's go back to the beginning. Um, okay. Like. I want to know how, like fencing, it's a cool sport, but it's so random, if I'm honest. Like for me, like it is a very random sport. How the hell did you get into fencing? And I know this is like everyone, probably you've probably answered this question so many times, but I don't know you, so I want to I I get the, the boring stuff out of the way. But it might not be boring. Um, it's like the most asked question I've answered uh, Probably, it. yeah. Um, so I apologize. I think more often than what's my name <laughs> at this point. um so my family's polish and my mom was working at a polish bank and my first fencing coach was also polish and he was a client there and he would talk about fencing all the time how it was a great scholarship opportunity blah 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 and my mom is she's fresh off the boat and uh she's like obviously the american dream of you know my my daughter going to an amazing college would be great so she kind of was sold on that path uh i was eight or nine we kind of debate on this and when I really started, but um, she brought me into practice and they handed me a sword and they said, hit the other kid. And I remember being very confused. I was like, wait, this is, seems like a trick. You're not <laughs> supposed to hit people. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like go and hit him on the head. 
okay, they're saying to do it. Why not? And I hit them. Everybody applauded me. And then the rest is history. I mean, what kid doesn't dream of hitting other kids? Now I get to hit adults. So even better. Easy. Even better. Yeah. I guess, I guess you enjoyed it or still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, the deeper you get into things, I think you enjoy them a little bit less because you understand a lot more things that are going on. I mean, mm. there's a lot of politics that go on in sports. I mean, if you've seen various documentaries, I've recently watched Bad Sport and it's, um, it's they didn't do one on fencing, but it's all I mean, it's it's all accurate. There is a lot of corruption, unfortunately. People wanting to be the best and sometimes they can't do it on their own. So mm. they have the money and the means to get help to do that. So yeah. that is unfortunate. Um, it is very costly, which sucks. I've fundraised for, um, Rio and for Tokyo. It's like around like 15,000 a year with travel and equipment and all that stuff. So those parts suck. The actual fencing is amazing. I love it. It's, it's so cool because it's ever changing. It's not like, okay, you learn a craft and you can just repeat it and it becomes Mm. boring. Like it's challenging every single day. Every single practice is different. Every single competition is different. So while you like might be the best in the world, you're not going to be the best every day. No, of course. And it's, it's, I guess it's like any sport, isn't it? Someone's always trying to beat you. Um, yeah. So you can be, you can be the best, but realistically, it just depends on the day you wake up. Someone might kick mm-hmm. your ass. And exactly. What's, what's, what's it like? Um, I know a bit about the Olympics, obviously, obviously over the years and followed it, but correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't get paid to be in the Olympics, right? No, you only get paid depending on your country um, for medals. And it some countries don't pay at all. Some pe- some countries pay a lot. Some countries don't. Does America? Um, I actually did a TikTok that blew up about this because yeah. um, they changed it for Tokyo. But for Rio, it was 25000 for gold, 15000 for silver, 10000 for bronze. And before it used to be taxed. And they changed that before Rio. It's such bullshit that you don't yep. get paid. <laughs> yep yep and people were arguing with me and they're like Fuck well them. then don't do it if you're not getting paid like if you're not if you're doing it for the money why are you doing it? i was like i'm sorry do you not work for money yeah do you do you work do you go to work because you enjoy work or do you go because you have to pay the bills because if we were all doing what we wanted to do and we're making money none of us would be fucking working let's be honest yeah it's so it's it, it's something that i like i it doesn't make sense to me because c- coming from the uk like college sports in the uk is like not a big thing over here so like yeah. when i first came to america everyone's like oh what college team do you sport i'm like what the fuck like we don't have people playing right. sports at universities and things like that um and then i found out that it's like a huge business and then they don't even earn earn money and i know it's just recently changed but why like how do you survive like, cause you, you live in New York, like it's, we all know New York's one of the most expensive places in the world. Like how, like, and it's not like you have time cause you have to train all the time. Right. And as everybody's <laughs> answer was get a job. And I was like, so fuck you. do you want, do you want me to be a losing athlete yeah. with a job or do you want me to be a winning athlete that needs to fundraise? Yeah. <sighs> pick one. I can't, I unfortunately cannot do both. Mm. Um, so I've unfortunately, or fortunately I found jobs. Um, mm. so coaching pays good money. Yeah. So I was coaching for a bit. I ref on the weekends, which is literally what I just did. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that also pays well. Um, I've I, been given a platform after Rio. I just noticed your dog in the background. <laughs> I thought you had like a Dalmatian spotted like blanket and then realized it moved and it's your dog. <laughs> Yes, he's very upset because he he hates when I give someone else attention and yeah, not him. So, um, 
Yeah. So, um, coaching, refing, um, I did some kind of like promotional modeling mm-hmm. stuff. Now I've been given a platform. So like content creation pays money. Um, but it's just kind of always been rough because I'm just, I work and I spend mm. that money on fencing. And yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you're seeing your friends working, getting higher up in their careers, going on vacations, buying cars, buying houses. And you're like, yeah, I live in a shoebox. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> That's I, where I'm I guess the one thing that you have over, and I don't know, I'm only speaking for my part, for my own experience is that it's a similar in music to a certain extent. It gets to a certain level where you can start earning money, but for God knows how many years you don't earn a, a single penny, but we are doing what we absolutely love. And I, yeah. I think there's so many people like money is great. Money does make the world go around, but waking up every day and being like, I fucking love what I do is so much better than everything else in the grand scheme of things. No, but, I definitely agree with you. The only thing is, is like the stress of paying bills. Like totally. there's been so many times where I really would be, awake at night because i'm like i really don't know how i'm gonna pay rent for next month so that's the aspect that sucks otherwise like yeah i mean you know being able to go out and and compete and travel the world and and you know just testing myself physically mentally emotionally every single day yeah um which doesn't sound fun but it is really fun when it comes to fencing it's amazing yeah how how often what's your like training schedule like because i'm i love like i love training i love like being fit and healthy but i couldn't even imagine what it's being what it's like being like an athlete like a, a professional athlete like is it seven days a week or is it not like that so it's not supposed to be seven days a week yeah. but you're talking to the wrong person um <laughs> i'm allergic to not doing something mm-hmm. so i actually have a fractured vertebrae um uh-huh. because i didn't understand the concept of rest days so I always had to do something every single day of the week. And I remember my, my personal trainer would like ripped me apart and he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, no, I'm working really hard. Like I work every day. And he's like, no, you're kidding me. And I was like, what, why are you, why are you upset? Like mm. I'm literally working out every single day. And he's like, Oh God, like, you need to take a rest. Like you're, you're making this worse. And I was like, how is me working out every day worse for my body? Yeah. And he's like, Jesus Christ. And then like a few months later, I, um, had pain in my back and we had an MRI and I had a fractured vertebrae. So I learned my lesson. I hate it. But How did you fracture it? Um, just overtraining. Like oh, I, really? I just wouldn't, I would lift and I would do cardio and I would do fencing and I would lift. The, yeah. Okay. I was in the best shape of my life. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but a fucked back. Yeah. For the rest of my life. So that's fun. So is it not, does it not, will it not heal like fully or is it always? No. Good? And they didn't tell me that for a year. <laughs> So it happened right before the Olympics. So first of all, they didn't even tell me it was a fracture. They kept trying to be like, like using fancy terms. They're like, oh yeah, it's like a pars. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. Pars. Love that. Kate. Like (laughs) I collect one and um, they're like, yeah, you know, like we'll give you some steroids for pain and all that stuff. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then I like, I had to take like 10 weeks off afterwards because I mean, I never, they told me like in Memorial Day weekend, pretty much. And Olympics were, we were competing in August. And they're like, well, you need to take eight weeks off. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. Got it. It's not, not going to happen. So I, afterwards, so I made it even worse. Um, <clears throat> and then a year later, I was getting therapy. And I was like, yeah, my back hurts sometimes. Like I had a PARS. And she's like, you have a PARS. And I was like, had, had, <clears throat> had. You didn't hear me, had. And she's like, no, no, no. Once you have a PARS fracture, you always have one. They don't heal. And I was like, oh. Oh, great. That's cool. 
what is it with doctors and just like, especially in America, they're just shit. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's so weird to me how the like medical system here works. And yeah, honestly, no, none of us really understand it. So it's like you pay a lot of money for insurance and then while well, nothing happens and mm. then something happens and then you pay more money yeah. also. And then God forbid you don't have insurance, you're still paying money. And then you don't get what you actually pay for. <laughs> yeah. I literally have like a bill here. I went to like the ER like a couple of months ago and I have a bill here for like three grand. I'm like, are you serious? Like I was in the waiting room longer than I was seeing the doctor. Do you know that they charge you $75 to hold your newborn baby? What? <laughs> yes. So I went through it during COVID. We had a lot of time. So my roommates and I went through like the crazy charges and it's like, $15 for like a Tylenol. It's like $80 for them to turn on the lights for a tissue. You're paying like, I don't know, like also $15 or something. It's crazy. But yeah, when I remember I read it, like once you give birth, when they put the baby on you, you get like the first contact, you're paying $75 for that. Jeez. So I'm not trying to do that. If I ever have kids be like, no, I'm going to have <laughs> this kid for the rest of my life. I don't need to hold it right now. You save it. You save that money. <laughs> Tomorrow when I leave the hospital, I'll hold that baby for free. That is wild. It's just yeah. it's just a money making thing. Yep. It's mad. It's really yep. mad. So leading up to Olympics, are you still competing now, by the way? Um, so I'm trying to decide. It's mm. um, like I said, there's a lot of factors that are just a little rough and mm. it's it is three years and that makes it the most appealing. Like I that one year that I don't have to do it helps, but yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I'm I'm starting finally like financially stable. Yeah. And if I'd start training again, I would be back to being unstable. Yeah. Um, and just the corruption. Like I was talking to somebody yesterday of like, there's matches that you walk out and you already know you lost. There's nothing you can do, and you already lost. And I'm I'm paying fifteen thousand dollars a year to be a part of that. So do you have to pay fifteen thousand dollars a year to be a fencer? To be part? Well, no, of the to travel to these competitions, oh, okay. so, like registration, yeah, yeah. free fees, visas transportation etc etc flights hotels um so to go to all these competitions it's like around depending on where the competitions are it's like around fifteen thousand. are they all based in america or nope all over the world what who's the most corrupt (laughs) um you know the answer to that russia (laughs) you said it not me yeah why what is it about that like I, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Is I no, it does make, it makes complete sense to me, but it's like, what do people gain from it when they're just cheating? So supposedly, <clears throat> I don't know this firsthand experience, um, but I've heard this that they, there's people betting millions of dollars on fencing competitions. Yeah. And first of all, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Why? Literally, why? What? I don't get it. But because of these very rich people betting, um, I walk out on the strip and I already lost. So it's like also not only they're betting, but they're betting on fake results. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah. Which is weird because how how do you how do you cheat in fencing? Or is it like the the ref the referees that are, that are being paid off, or is it the other? Because like so we it, like going back to that bad sport like documentary on Netflix, 
where they were kind of paying the players to in but in the basketball to like make sure that there's only a lead of six and things like that is that something that you can do in fencing i don't really understand the whole sport if i'm totally honest with you um, um <clears throat> nobody does no, i'm just kidding um <laughs> so the unfortunate thing with our sport is the refereeing is very objective mm-hmm. um subjective we know what you mean it's fine i don't know what one the right those. one is <laughs> <laughs> one of those um so it's like, and then also there can be like a point that happens and three people can be standing and watching and mm. all three people have a different opinion. Yeah. Some things are very concrete when you're like, no, that was definitely that person's point. Mm. Um, but some of them, like I said, are a little, like it's it's all up into the referee. So we yeah. have lights. So the only thing the lights tell you are if you made contact in yeah. time. So you okay. have a certain period of time where you can hit somebody. Yeah. <clears throat> so it can say, okay, so if it's one light for you, we know it's your point. But if it's two lights, the referee basically gets to decide what's going on. Okay. And then it's all mental also. So if a referee in the like in a crucial moment makes a bad call, it'll mess with your head. Yeah. And then you're going to lose anyway. Can you I was watching I was literally just watching you fence. Um, I can't remember. Let me pull it up. I don't have it anymore. It was like 2019. I can't you were playing. You were. Is it is it called fencing? fencing? It is called fencing. fencing Yeah, Yeah, you're fencing. Um. Her surname was Mohammed. I can't remember in 2019. It's on Got YouTube. It. Um, when like you'd stopped and then you'd like did like a box thing. Video challenge. It, okay, so is that is that similar to what the referee does in other sports where you're asking to see what happened? Yeah, so they do a replay. <clears throat> um, so it also depends on. So you can have uh, so. It's also interesting because you have like a power dynamic between the referees and you also have like this, the referees know also. Yeah. Um, so some referees get pushed out if they're not part of the cheating or there have been two people that um, died at tournaments in strange what? ways. So, yeah, well, we can get into that off the podcast. Um <laughs> I'm a little like I'm genuinely kind of afraid for my life sometimes when I talk about this. Yeah. So we we'll, don't need to we'll talk have a about chat. That. Yeah, well, like when people don't hear, we'll talk about this. Um, we'll go into more detail. But Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's rough. Um, so they're also so like if you could have you can have a weaker referee refing, and then the higher up referee will be on video, and then like mm. the weaker referee will come over, and the higher guy's like, no, we're gonna stand by that call, or like, no, we're gonna switch it. <clears throat> or there's certain referees, the ones that do um, make calls in favor of other countries you know your video challenge means nothing. Like you will do video challenge and they walk over, they don't even look at the screen and then they turn back around. So like with those referees, you don't even bother. Fucking fencing. Yep. Why did you choose this sport? Well, because I was eight and I didn't know. If you told me when I was eight, I would have been like, cool, this sounds shitty. Awful. Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing anything else? Um... I well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a mermaid. Um, I found out that was impossible. Solid job choice. But, yeah, I, I grew out of that idea. Um, I did want to be a doctor, but then I realized people die, and mm. I have to be a part of that. And also, medical school costs a fortune. And you got to be, be part of the American medical system, which is terrible. See that too. That one I somehow understood at the age of eight. Um, okay. And also, which is scary fact, that you understand that at eight. Right. Really scary. <laughs> I was like. Mm. <laughs> Probably not for me. Yeah. Um, and then paying off bills until like you're 50 something. Mm. Also not fun. Uh, I wanted to be a vet, but then I also realized I would have to deal with animals dying. And that's even worse than people dying. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and then fencing kind of took off. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 so sad to hear because obviously from the outside, like you you the whole Olympic sport thing, um, the whole somebody doing a sport that they absolutely love and then to hear that there's so many politics like in music for example there's politics in music but it's bullshit politics compared to that like yeah. no one's getting hurt no one's nothing like that really yeah um i think the worst thing that happens in music potentially is when artists are just like have terrible record de- well every record deal is terrible but every like terrible management terrible team that are just working them to the ground and kind of taking all the money but yeah it's not really it's nothing like sport um how does it change i guess that's the thing is is it is it does it ever change or is it does it need more people talking about it to make it change um i don't know that's what we've kind of talked about because you know that's what i've always said like of how do we get rid of these like dirty people um but the the first of all the struggle is it's it's run by very powerful people Mm. Again, which is why I'm like, um, you know, yeah. I'm, I have to really pick and choose what I'm saying because, mm. like, genuinely concerned that, like, something could happen to me if I speak, like, and I say the wrong thing. Um, <clears throat> and everybody's kind of connected. Um, you know, the, the president of the Olympic Committee is a former fencer mm. and um, is connected to some of these peoples in various different ways. So you, you just wonder where his allegiances lie of whether you tell him and something changes or you tell him and they get better at what they're doing. Who is the president? Thomas Bach. Okay. Yeah, that's rough. Yep. What's the, so when you, when you ref, um, what type of, um, competitions are you refing? Is it younger, older, or is it, how does it work with ages and things like that? Is it, um, so there's different level, like there's like Y8, um, so like everything's like kind of eight or under, um, then 10 and under, 12 and under, 14 under, 17 under, 20 under, blah, blah, blah. Um, I kind of pick and choose now based off of pay. I used mm-hmm. to like kind of ref everything yeah. when I was living in Jersey with my mom because I was just close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now it's just kind of, I am making other money. Yeah. So I kind of go, I get to pick and choose. So mm-hmm. I kind of stick to really college meets. Those are the most fun. Um, the most like advanced fencing and then obviously the best paying. Yeah. How often are you training fencing wise? Do you do that? Every right now I'm day? not training at all. I'm like, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to continue doing continue. it. I don't really want to start doing it before I make that decision. I'm also yeah. not going to be motivated. Like I'm not a person that can, I don't know if there are people or I don't know how there are people that can do things just like for fun. I don't know how I can like go into fencing practice and just like ha 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 like whatever yeah no i'm coming in to beat everybody um that's kind of that's how i'm with everything let's never play monopoly because either i'm gonna throw the board i'm gonna curse you out or whatever so i I will fuck you up at monopoly hands down (sighs) well i guess we're playing monopoly (laughs) you're challenging the wrong person or or risk one of the most competitive people that exist um so yeah i i just like i don't know if i if i can't if I can't decide that I want to do it, there's no reason for me to go to practice because I yeah. won't be motivated to do it anyway. That's fair. Are you like that in all aspects of your life? Unfortunately, yeah. So like even in school, like any subject that I was very interested in, like yeah. I was doing homework ahead of time, even though people were like, like I remember my anatomy book, mm. they handed it to me 
and I filled it all out. And I was already studying way in advance psychology, same thing. And that's where all of my best grades were. If it was a subject that like, I mean, I tried always, but if I couldn't grasp and I couldn't get interested in, I really struggled. Mm. So whenever I'm passionate with every, with anything, I'm a hundred percent all in. And when I'm not, I'm just really struggling. Yeah. I feel you with that. I think that's, I think that is the competitive side of people, right? Um, but it also means that you're going to be fucking amazing at something. And I think, I think you're right. I yeah. think that's kind of how it is because I don't know, like, again, if you're doing something hundred percent, how are you not going to be amazing at it? Yeah, totally. Totally. And I think it's also, it's, it's being able to push yourself harder and know that you can still be better and you can work yeah. so fucking hard, but you still know that you haven't reached the top. Um, it's, it's the same for me in music is that like people can say you're like doing amazing but deep down inside you know yourself that like you could be working harder and you could be yep. could be better and, and things like that um but which is i think it's cool though too because i feel like outside of people's opinions of me kind of just really don't matter like people are like oh my god you're so good like oh my yeah. god you killed it and in my head i'm like that wasn't that great yeah or like people always laugh that like when i come back from like so we have um we have the pool rounds and whenever i come back unless i like just annihilate everybody um <clears throat> with like great score i come back like with this like i'm thinking about like the mistakes that i made so yeah, like yeah. whenever you walk back we're always afraid to ask you how you did because you never look proud of yourself mm. i was like oh because i mean i always could do better right yeah. like i didn't beat everyone five zero there was mistakes that i made mm. like you know and little things that i did that could have cost me the match so yeah, so it's always funny. Like it's it's never good enough inter- internally for myself, but like people can compliment me. I'm like, yeah, that's cool, whatever. <laughs> how how does that like affect your mental well being though? When because like for me, like I put myself down more than anybody can put me, put me down. Um, and I know like like let's say for yeah. instance, yesterday was Sunday. I had a show on Friday. Saturday I had a day off, which is weird having a day off when I'm touring. Like I had a comp- and I I played in Detroit, which is where I live when I'm in the states. Um, so I had like Saturday off, and then Sunday I also had off and was like felt shit. I had like a hernia operation a few weeks ago, so I can't train. I can't do anything. I didn't want to write music, and I just felt fucking awful because I was just being yeah. la- lazy. Um, yeah. how is it for you though? Because you're like, everyone's watching you compete. Everyone's kind of there and you, you want to be the best for yourself, but it's also that everyone's watching. Um, and, and you know that if you're not as good <coughs> that day, everyone's going to tell you or, and then also it's like, well, hang on. I'm telling myself that I'm shit all the time anyway. How, how do you cope with that? Um, not well. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely like when I when I don't do well at a competition. I mean, I think social media is a blessing and a curse at the same time because back when I was competing and nobody there was no social media, I didn't have to report back. But like people now know I go to a competition before yeah. I just went and I came back and I didn't have to tell anybody how I did except my friends. I didn't have to tell like a hundred thousand people all over the world of like, yeah, I went to this competition and I fucking blew it. Um, so that's just kind of always the hardest part for me to come back from, come back to of like having to admit it. I don't know, for some reason, like when you put something on social media, it makes it real. Like when I, when I didn't make Tokyo, like the day I put on social media was the day that I sobbed again because it was real. Um, 
how do I deal with it? I don't know. I'm trying to think about that now. Um, I've kind of decided that I'm going to always take the day after and like the, the evening after I compete to, to wallow my misery, be upset with myself. Um, I just tell people like, don't speak to me. Don't text me. Like I'll text you when I'm ready because otherwise like, I'm just going to be a bitch straight up. (laughs) I'm not going to even lie about it. Like that's, that's my time to be a bitch. I don't like, there's nothing you're going to tell me that's going to make me feel better. Like Mm saying you love me I'm gonna respond with cool but I don't love myself like it's just I take that time that's my time let me be mad at myself whatever and then I come back after my day and a half and that's when I go okay cool do I still want to do this do I think I can improve can I learn from everything that happened yes great we're gonna get back to work Mm. we're done with the negativity and now we're gonna you know fix our mistakes and see how we can improve and that's kind of is it the best method I don't know but here we are if it works for you it works for you hey yeah. That's all that matters. I think so. That's all that matters. Um, do you, have you ever done like therapy with sport, like sports therapy and like. Yes. Kind I of, have an amazing psychologist. Yeah. I would have never uh, qualified for real if it wasn't for him. Um, Dr. Doug Gardner. Um, how does that work? Like how, what's the, like how, what's that kind of relationship? Like what do you go to them? The doc, do you go to him? Her, I don't know what. Well, him. He, him. Um, no, we do phone calls because he lives in California. Okay. <clears throat> so we do phone calls. We got connected through a mutual friend and we started working together. I mean, I've worked with different sports psychologists, had one at Penn State who actually my current psych uh, psychologist, he actually studied under, which we didn't know beforehand. We like when we had our conversation, cool. he told me. So I guess it kind of makes sense that we clicked pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you have to find the right fit for you. I mean, we had one. I'm not going to say where I work, like where she's from, right. but we worked together and she just said, like, we're talking about like nerves, right? Like that is a killing factor in any competition. If you're too nervous, you're too stiff, you're not breathing, you're not moving. Game over. But I remember talking to her and she's like, well, what do you think is like you're like the biggest thing that holds you back? And I said, you know, like the pressure I put on myself and the pressure I feel from others and just being nervous. And she's like, oh, you can't like, don't be nervous. <laughs> and I heard that. I was like, what kind of bullshit is this? Like, yeah, what what am I going to do? Like, turn off the switch? Like, oh, Monica, turn off, like, stop being nervous. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is like some dumb, like hippie shit <clears throat> of like obviously I'm going to be nervous. Like I work my ass off. Like I commit money into this time effort. Like I've lost friends. I like I've lost like end of relationships because of this shit. Like, I don't know, to me kind of logical. And I started working with my psychologist and we kind of ended up getting in that conversation. He's like, and then fuck anybody that tells you not to be nervous. Like, of course you're going to be nervous. You care. And I was like, all right, you're You're my guy. You're in. Yeah. Nerves, nerves. For me, nerves are so important. Um, it keeps you on your toes, I feel. Yeah. Um, but then there does come a point where, well, let's be honest, like my nerves compared to your nerves, like in the situations that we're in in our careers are completely different. Like my nerves are like, if I'm going to press the wrong button, yours is right. a lot worse than, than mine. Um, but I think especially doing something that you love, if you, I think if you lose the nerves, you you should just stop personally i I don't think i don't think you should carry on because it just it doesn't feel like you've like got the passion in it when when exactly you You don't care like there's been times where i i think it gets harder because like the older you get i've talked to other um athletes in different sports and we've kind of all agreed that the older you get the the harder it is compete because Mm -hmm. you understand everything and you have a lot of more comparison and then certain situations are easier to compete but 
So there's like been times where I'm in competitions and I'm like, I'm literally not nervous, which is like rare for me. But then I like get on the strip and then I start getting nervous. I'm like, okay, cool. Like at least I guess my body's like turning it on and off. Um, But yeah, no, I agree. If you're not nervous, like it means you don't give a shit because Mm. again, you're not committing time, effort, whatever energy into doing it. It's logical, whatever you're doing, you're going to have some kind of nerves because you care. Mm. Like even going on a date, it like, I don't know, like, okay, I wouldn't say that I'm, I'm getting nervous going on dates now because I've been on so many, <laughs> but, um, but then there's like times that like, you generally like the person at the yeah. end of the day, you're kind of like, like, what's going to happen now? Mm. You know what I mean? Like you, you have, like, it feels different. If you walk away from that date being like, okay, cool. If I never see that person again, yeah. whatever, you don't care. Totally. How does it work with, um, relationships and doing what you do? Because I'm, well, this I'm is, single, this... so it doesn't. <laughs> no but you know like it's i can imagine what we both do is like it's very similar situations where like you meet a lot of people um you're you're around a lot of people but there's never really any like to to hold a relationship down is practically impossible because you're just non-stop doing what you what you're doing or what you want to do um but also with family and friendships how how do you kind of deal with all of that first of all i would say it's bullshit that it's impossible to make a relationship work you definitely can Mm -hmm. um it's about making it work in those situations i think for normal people i am a normal person but like in normal careers (laughs) you're really unselling yourself right now (laughs) because i i don't know i don't think i'm anything exceptional like i'm just somebody that worked their ass off yeah and i got to where i am but that's that's Um, way more exceptional than most people yeah so i guess yeah just whatever just putting that one in there i'm just saying it normal i'm normal yeah (laughs) um for them it's easier because Mm. it's just like you have all the free time like it's not it's not about making the relationship work it just kind of can work you know there's like not as many obstacles um but for us like in our fields of where we have to you know where we're constantly doing stuff there's constantly a grind of getting better um it's about making it work which i think ultimately i kind of like better anyway because i don't want to be with just with somebody just cuz it it can work i want to be with somebody that wants to make it work mm-hmm. with me um because you know life isn't about like rainbows and puppies and rainbow like unicorns running around like there's like real shit out there and if you know we can get through this kind of stuff we can get through anything and that's the kind of relationship and i want that i want to be in um i've lost a lot of friends yeah. along the way but I don't know if I like lost, but they're just acquaintances versus friends. And that's okay. You're not meant to be friends with everybody. I, I would say like, I have really quality friends now that I've yeah. surrounded myself with of just people that, um, <clears throat> you know, like you and I will, we understand where we're at, right? Mm-hmm. Like I won't ever question if you don't answer my call or my text because yeah. you're busy and you'll get to me when you get to me and not everybody understands that. So mm-hmm. I've kind of surrounded myself with people that get that. And also other passionate people, like that's the people I want to be around. I want to be, you know, out to dinner with somebody that inspires me. I want to go home and be like, oh my God, like they're killing it in life and whatever they're doing. Like I need to work harder to also be doing the same. Um, And that's just kind of the mentality I've approached. No, I totally agree. I think there comes a point when you can have friends that just, they just don't click with or anyone, any relationship. They just, it's just not, they're just not you. They're just not yeah. like you and they just don't have the right same mindset and it's fine, but sometimes it can get fucking draining when yeah. like people don't make changes in their life and yep. constantly moaning and constantly like this, that, this, and it's like, come on, man, like sort your shit out. Like, yeah. 
them. That's the kind of people that I just don't align with. Yeah. Totally. With different, different things that we look for, different aspirations. And that's fine. You know, not everybody is going to be the same person. And then sometimes you just outgrow people. Like yeah. people in high school kind of look at me like they've always looked at me like I'm this crazy person because literally from the moment, like I, I mean, from elementary school, but okay, obviously it was more established in high school. I was that weird girl that just like fenced and I barely was in school. Yeah. Uh, my senior year, they barely let me graduate because I missed like 60, 70 days of school. They knew ahead of time. So like I had to submit letters every time before I left. I had like, I was photocopying my textbooks and traveling with them that way. Mm. I was taking tests outside and like, like I would show up to class and be like, where in the world were you this weekend? Yeah. Um, I wasn't allowed to be sick because I just didn't have sick days left. Um, but like still people, like when they see me, they're like, we always thought you were crazy. And like, now we get why, because you're just always been above us. I'm like, first of all, let's not look at it that way. But, you know, I've just been committed to things from the beginning. And I kind of, anybody that was in my way just didn't align with what I was doing. Where do you think that comes from? Um, honestly, people, I think people sell themselves short a lot of the times. Um, I've all, like, ever since I was like, I went to the Olympics and medal, I've wanted to speak at schools and especially like in my high school, I'm the only, like, except I'm the only medalist for my town, mm. the second Olympian, but we have so many great athletes. Yeah. Why? And it's like, again, like people always looked at me being like, what you're doing is impossible. And I was like, really, is it? Or is that like what you have decided it is? Yeah. Because I mean, I don't know. So many things like when you look at them, they seem impossible. Like, oh, but it's the people that decide they're going to do it anyway. Those are the people that are successful. So like, sure. Like the things that I go for, I mean, I fail, like there's things that I've tried to do and they just don't do well. I mean, I had a YouTube channel. It didn't grow. It's still out there. I did dumb videos, whatever. I had fun doing it. It didn't work, but okay. On to the next one. Something else I'm going to do is going to be possible, but I'm going to try it full force. And I think people will limit themselves deciding what is and isn't possible. And then they don't go after it. Yeah. How long do you, how long do you think you need to take to do something to get it good? Like, let's say for instance, YouTube channel, like, was it the fact that you wanted a YouTube channel or was it the fact that you wanted to do the videos and just put them out there? Or was it the fact that you wanted a big YouTube channel? So for me, what, um, I guess it was like a mixture of all of them. I don't, I never needed a big following. Um, but I just kind of wanted it worth my time. Like I was taking the time to create the ideas. I was taking time to film it, to edit it. And I it was like, okay, some videos have like 5,000. If all of them had 5,000 views, I'd keep doing it. But some of yeah. them had 300. I was like, I did all this effort, all this time <laughs> for just 300 people to watch this. Like, why? Like I can do something else and yeah. be like, maybe this isn't for me. I just like, this is not enough, not incentive, but motivation for me to keep going. Like, yeah. I don't see like I'm doing enough. That's fair. I feel that. So what's next? What's what's the uh what's the next one that you're gonna try and achieve? Um, so it's what's always funny because people always ask, I wanna know, but I've kind of learned that I like to move in silence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. so I don't like to tell people what I do now. I like to just post it and be like, Hey, this, <laughs> this is what, is what I'm, I'm doing. doing. Yeah. Um, is there something that I'm working on? Um, okay, I this I can say because it's kind of official. I haven't had the results from it yet, but I did, I am going to work with a company for the next few months. Um, we're, we're making like a contract or project out of it right now, but I'm going to be 
working and doing their social media. So just kind of cool versus doing social media for myself. And now I'm going to try to apply what I've learned and do it for a company. That's cool. So like consulting and kind of managing social media and things like that. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about Tokyo if you can, if you want to. Yes. Um, I could gather in from your, from what I'm kind of deciphering from what you said is Tokyo didn't happen um, for you. What, what were the reasons and how does it work? First of all, like for somebody that doesn't know going into Olympics, how does it work to get even qualified to, to compete? So you have to qualify at certain tournaments. Um, so two of our national tournaments count and then five of our international tournaments count. Um, so, and it's like based off of whoever does the best out of those, when I say seven tournaments, yeah determines the ranking for going into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, this was not my plan for either Olympics, but first Olympics for Rio, I also, same thing happened to me. I went off the best season I've ever had to having the shittiest season and barely making or not being able to make it a second day. Mm-hmm. And I was working harder. I had a psychologist, like I was doing more of everything mm-hmm. was not working. Um, I, I can't even tell you what the fuck it was like and i've talked to people like with my coach with my with my sports psych of like like to my coach i was like am i performing worse like and he's like i I don't know and he comes saying like sports psych and i was like i got one like we're trying and i was like talking to my sports psych i was like what can i be doing more of and that's kind of why i overtrained because i was like i mean at least i'm going to be like the strongest like person out there um if i need to clobber people i mean i guess that's going to be my only other attempt left at this point (laughs) Um, so I left it down to the wire. I left it down to the last four competitions. Um, nationally, I guess I didn't really, I couldn't gain that. No, I needed some points. Um, so I think, no, that was 2019. No, you couldn't have, if I was fencing Mohammed, that couldn't be 2019. Wasn't it? Maybe. It was, no, I don't think it can be. Let me, let me, she retired me, after Rio. Let me pull up when it was. It could have been. While you do that, I'm gonna get my computer charger because we're gonna die here. Um, let me. Here we go. So now I'm curious. Who? What? Um. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, you're right. Salt Lake City. Yep, that was the tournament. Oh no, that was the one before. That was December. And then January is the one where I I won. Okay. Yeah. I got second. Something like that. I, I had like some significant result that I re- like desperately needed. Um, it'd be really nice if I can really find my charger. Whatever. We have 4% as of right now. Is that enough or do I need to get my... Yeah, get your charger. Okay. What's your dog's name? Pongo. Pongo. He's very vocal. As you can hear. <laughs> so anybody that's listening now, um, if you want to see Monica fence, you can obviously just hit up YouTube. It's all on there. Found it. Found it. I had like six of them and I was hoping I could find the one that's in my room. Of course, no. All right. Um, what were we asking? About? We're talking, oh, we're talking about, about the process of, of getting into qualified. Yeah. Got it. So I left it down to the wire in Rio. Um, so I needed to have like four exceptional results pretty much. Mm-hmm. And I 
somehow did. Uh, and then kind of, I wanted to avoid that obviously for Tokyo, mm. um, but did not work out that way. And it was also down to the wire. And then um, we competed. So we, we had two world cups left and I was in Europe. I was at a training or about to fly to a training camp and COVID hit. So everything was canceled. Yeah. We had no idea when anything else would happen. Um, obviously each country was going through completely different things. Uh, Europe started training a lot sooner than we were. Like we hadn't had competed. I hadn't competed since January, 2020. Mm. And then they gave us a, a world cup, March, 2021, when the Hungarians, for example, had four national tournaments. The Europeans were all the way at training camps. Like mm. I, I went out to this tournament feeling like I was 14 again. Okay. Like, okay. I, like everything was like these, all the women were out to murder me. Yeah. And I like literally could not keep up. Okay. And like, I'm the biggest fighter out on the strip and I was fighting, but like, I was like, like eons away from them because yeah. they were training and I obviously hadn't trained. Mm. Um, so I got demolished. So I didn't gain any points. And then that, they we were supposed to have one more qualifier, but they canceled it because they had like 40 something COVID cases at this World Cup because no one gave a shit. So then it's game over. How does that feel when that happens? Um, it was awful. It was hard to, wow, I didn't even know that I can still have like emotions about it. Um, it just sucked because I don't like when I don't even have a chance to try. Like I'd mm. rather go out, like even that awful tournament, I went out and I tried, I mm. failed, but at least I hadn't, you know, I had that opportunity and just not having the opportunity just was brutal. Yeah. Like it just, it seemed really shitty. Especially when it's out of your power, isn't it? If it sounds, yeah. it sounds like you like to control things and you like to, cause you, cause you work so hard. And when it's completely out of your power, it's just like, Oh fuck, what do I do now? Yeah. And I mean, there are already so many things that are, are out of my power when it yeah. comes to like competing. Exactly. I mean, like who the referee is, yeah. who I'm fencing, um i only have a little bit of say on that um but like this was and people were like oh like you failed to qualify and i was like no i didn't get a fucking chance to yeah i'd, I'd be it'd be easier for me to say yeah i failed but like i literally didn't get a chance to yeah that sucks that sucks during covid how did so was training completely stopped like you just couldn't do anything all the gyms were how did you yep. did you keep fit at all did you i take it you did got running um because you were in new york no. weren't you? initially i was pretty depressed yeah it was pretty bad um because i went from like like i said training every single day lifting at the gym um running all that stuff and i was limited to being outside that was it um so i had a really hard time and also like the unknown was the hardest thing ever for me yeah i'm a lot better nowadays through that so like I guess a blessing in disguise if we're going to look through the positives. Um, I've always known everything that I was going to do. I knew what my day looks like. I know what my week looks like the month, next month. I mean, you would make plans for four years in advance for yeah. the Olympics, right? I have that one goal. And I know I have these things that I have to accomplish in the process mm -hmm. here. I had no idea. I had no idea what tomorrow looks like. I don't know. Like if the world opens, I don't know if the world literally just like ends, we all drop dead. We knew yeah. nothing. So that was really hard for me initially. Um, and like, there was days that I really, the only reason I got out of bed was to walk my dog. Otherwise I don't think I would have gotten up. Um, and then I got my ass into gear and I went running every single day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, definitely not in the best shape of my life anymore. <laughs> We're working back to, to that one. <laughs> Rough. 
Um, that is the roughest. Yeah. That is the roughest when you you've been the best shape of your life and then you lose it and then you're like, oh fuck, I know how hard I worked and I've got to work even harder because now I'm older. Now it's it hurts more waking up. It's fucking not fun. It's yeah. really not. Fun. I just have an eight pack. Um, I'm lucky <laughs> nowadays if I have a two pack. So uh, food is so good, so so much better though. It's so good. It's, it's so good. You're in New York as well. It's the best food in the world. God, the best restaurants, any option you want. I know. Where's your favorite place? Oh, have you been to Tong in Brooklyn? No. Oh my God, you have to go. If Do you like Thai food? Yeah. Best Thai food in, I've had in America. In a part, I've not been to Thailand, but from around the world, I've, it's the best Thai food I've ever had. What neighborhood is it in? Um, Bushwick. Tong? T-O-N-G? Yeah, yeah it's unbelievable i was there like a couple of months ago okay it's on my list it's very um good. my favorite honestly i think thursday kitchen is my favorite oh where's that uh, i think it's an alphabet city if not east village um it's korean well it's like korean fusion so they have gnocchi okay um but it's like got that like korean kick to it their steak mm. i always want to just lick the plate <laughs> But it's like frowned upon and it comes in like a cast, like a small cast iron pot. So I'd probably burn my mouth. But like legitimately, I'm like sitting there like scraping. They come with like these cheesy grits. Mm. And I don't, I'm like, I'm not even a grit girl, but these grits are so good. Korean grits. Yeah. That's interesting. Phenomenal. They have edamame dumplings. Phenomenal. You're going to have to send me the Instagram for this. I'm in New York in a couple of weeks um, on like, I've taken like five days out to like just chill and I've got loads of friends coming into town. So amazing. I need yeah. to um I need to get a list of food places. I'll send them all to you. Please do. Please do. Okay, um, um, yeah, going, going back off. going back to that Tokyo thing. Yeah. Um I can't even imagine how it feels to work your whole life or four years. You're planning four years ahead of everything. Like for me we're planning six months, maybe a year in advance. But realistically, I know that whatever those plans are made, it's going to happen. It's not like I'm trying, I have to work super hard and I have to achieve something to then go and do that. Um, how does it, it must, it must be really hard being like, is there anything else in fencing that is as big as the Olympics? Is there like something that, yeah, because I guess it's like if you're working just for that every four years, it can kind of be pretty demoralizing if you don't get through. Yep. <laughs> I mean, you have world championships in there every year, but it's not the same. Yeah, it's not, is it? Because you don't hear it's about like, it. it. It's the magic of like it's every four years. So it makes it like super duper elite. Like, yeah. yes, making world championships is a big deal, but like you don't make them this year, you'll make them next year. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. But like every four years, that's a lot. I mean, and it's like when you look at it, when you're starting, okay, when you're like eight, when you're like 18 making, like trying to make the first ones, you're like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I'll be 22 for the next ones. No big deal. But like once you're like mid 20s, yeah. it's like, shit, can I make the next one? Like, will my body survive? That's a lot. It's a lot to ask. Yeah, that's rough. That is rough. I can't even imagine it. Because for me, for our industry, it's the opposite way around. It's like generally people in their 
you start in your like teens, your shit for a long time, and then you get to a point in your like mid thirties, early forties when you're extremely successful. Yeah, um, and it takes you kind of have to mature into it. Don't get me wrong; you obviously get the <coughs> the um the like side shoots of young younger kids kind of becoming super successful. Yeah, like what um, is the name? Uh, Marvin Garrix. Martin Martin Garrix. Yeah, he was young. He was like eighteen. He was yeah, super young when he when he started. Like Billie Eilish, look at Billie Eilish. Like, oh yeah. Could you imagine being that famous that young? No. Fuck that. That's terrible. And I mean, she's already gone through a lot. Yeah. Right. I love her music though. It's great. Same. Um, do you go out partying in New York a lot, or are you not no, allowed to? I mean, I do sometimes. Yeah. I wouldn't call it partying anymore. I don't have it in me. Um, I like to like if I do go out, it's I go out because I know the DJ and yeah. I can sit at the table next to the <laughs> DJ booth. That is the extent of my partying. Yeah, no, that's fair. New York's fun for that. You can you've yeah. got, got a lot of options. Um, we've just done like an hour. We should probably wrap it up. I mean, it's up to you. You're the one that has to deal with editing and all that. I stuff. don't. I literally don't edit it. It's like literally just one conversation. Um, oh there you go yeah it's it's really easy super easy um how can people follow you how can people get in touch how can people listen to your podcast are you still doing the podcast regularly or is that something i'm trying to but life um a lot of things happen like we our family dog passed away two weeks ago and it's been a little rough to find the motivation to do that um and then like when the olympics were happening people not qualifying people qualifying that also made it difficult to connect with athletes um Mm. I still want to do it. I still really enjoy it. It's just getting a little bit harder to do. No, I feel you. But there's still episodes coming. I think the thing for me with the podcast is like, I don't know about you, but I don't have any expectations for it. It's just, I just like talking to people. Same. I love it. Like, I I think initially I kind of did have expectations for it, but it's like, I've been able to connect and talk to people like people that are like my social media friends, like Lindsay Vaughn and I follow each other. Like we've met at an event, but I never we never had a chance to like have a real conversation totally. and like sitting down talking to her like blew me away and like having that opportunity. So people are more likely to talk to you if you had a podcast. So I like it for that reason. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to connect with people. And I think it's also, like, I started during COVID and there was Same. no one was having long conversations. Like yeah. I didn't, I spoke to my super close mates, but not like anybody in my industry or anybody outside of my industry I wasn't really having long conversations with anyone and we don't really have long conversations nowadays it's like there's always external kind of things happening like even if you're in a restaurant someone's on their phone someone else is talking next to you like you can never sit down and have like a full-on conversation with somebody with no distractions at all I think it's really important that that, I I think you need to stop telling your friends to put their phone down yeah, this is true. We're all just as That's bad what I do. Well. Even like when I'm out, my friend kept texting this guy and I was like, is he here? He's not here. Put your goddamn phone away. She's like, okay, one last text. And I was like, no, he knows you're out. He can wait. What is like, that? Oh. What is that? We're so like, we're so, we want everything now, nowadays. Yeah. What? Yes, yeah, that's our generation. That's what's going on. How has it gone like that though? Because I, how old are you now? I'm 18. What do you mean? <laughs> Did you grow up? You didn't grow up with social media right no no oh with myspace i mean MySpace, i had it in my teens. yeah did you grow up with msn messenger um i think i dabbled in some msn but i did aim 
Aim. Oh yeah, you're American, aren't you? MSM was big yeah. in big in the UK. Aim was American. Yeah, we did have Aim yeah. at some point. I don't know, middle school. Mm. Yeah, it's the same for school. same for me because it it's weird though. Now, could you imagine growing up with Instagram being like the one and TikTok and all of that? No, I'm so glad. Like, and I've been talking to a lot of people about this. I'm so glad I'm not growing up in this generation. Yeah. Because like, it's what you're saying, like people don't have real conversations, everything like, like boom, boom, boom. Like, I mean, we weren't, we didn't, couldn't even upload photos online <laughs> with our phone. It would, it would take so long to download a photo. Yes. Or like dial up. Oh my God. And then your mom or your you dad. You couldn't be on the computer if yeah. your mom wanted to be on the phone. <laughs> you got kicked off. You had to hear that. I remember I played that terrible sound for my sister. And to me, I was like all the memories and she's like oh god turn it off i I had to listen to this every day like multiple times a day all the time dial up and then your mom would shout at you if she picked up the phone because she needed to use it and and you're on the goddamn internet again get off yeah and then the internet and then broadband came in and then it was game over game changer absolutely game changer now we have wi-fi and now again now you can you can take a photo and upload it i remember like you had to what was it for Instagram initially with my flip phone that I had? You had to like, like text it to Instagram, I think. Did you? I didn't have it that early. Mine. mine... It was something weird like that where you couldn't, or maybe it was like to, maybe it was to Facebook before Instagram. But I remember like you would take it and you would like text it to a number. Mm. Something like that. Something along those lines. Oh, it sucks. Do you like, do you like social media though? I love it and hate it. Yeah. Like it connects me to amazing people, um, people that I would never be able to to meet. I mean, I I can entertain people as well. Um, I mean, like my job is social media, and I can do it from anywhere in the world, which is yeah. that's incredible. But at the same time, I mean, like the amount of trolls is awful, and like the judgment and, you, and the opinions that like you're not asking for for from complete strangers is mm. just, and you're inviting it with every single post. I was going to say, do you get a lot of that? Because I think our worlds are a little bit different on that. Like, do, do you get a lot of people kind of giving shit on social media or just giving yeah. a pin? Yeah. I mean, it's, it happens in phases. I had a lot after the Olympics, a lot of people were hating. Um, Why though? Because they have, they hate their lives. So why not hate on, why don't, why not bring down other people that are successful? Do you read the comments? Um, it depends. Uh, I'm unfortunately very curious. I'm always like, let's see what this dumbass has to say. <laughs> and I, I love to clap back, which, um, actually lately kind of has. Okay. Not always, but like, I've had two instances where I was shocked mm. where it was like that video that I made for TikTok of, uh, and I put it on reels of just the differences of the amount of money for, for medals. And people were like, what you want me like, want me my taxes to go to that? And I was like, no, like give your taxes to the three trillion or the trillions of dollars going st- towards war. Yeah, That's definitely better, more beneficial. Um, but people were like ripping me apart of like, why don't you get a job? Like you lazy piece of shit, something, something. And I just like, sometimes like I'll clap back and put people down. Well, not down, but like be like, okay, but you're really saying this because you don't have a medal. Like, I don't understand why you're even speaking. Um, but this one guy, I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, you're in such a bad place where you need to be coming at a complete stranger to tear them down. Yeah. I like, hate to tell you, like, honestly, like a complete stranger's opinion of me really does nothing to me. So, like, that sucks, but like wishing you peace and love. And like, I had an interaction with this one guy for like five, six comments. 
And then he DM'd me like an hour or two later and he was like, hey, I just wanted to apologize. Like I've had a really fucking horrible week. Not that this is an excuse, but like I saw your your video and I just like like anger just filled me. And he's like, my dog has to go get surgery, something, something, whatever. And he's like, you really like nothing it had to do with you. And I'm so sorry. And I was like, first of all, shocked that he like came back to apologize. And I was like, but this is how we know this is like yeah. people are just miserable in their lives, whatever's going on. And they just take it out on others because you feel like somebody is across the room or like across the world and they're just like another phone and you don't realize that other people have feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's rough, isn't it? I I don't have it often. I've had it like once where some dude would always like say awful stuff on my post and I DM'd him and was like, mate, I don't know what your, what your issue is, but whatever you're saying, it doesn't, it's actually not getting to me. Like, so I just don't see the point in what you're doing. He's like, oh, I'm just having a laugh. And I was like, first of all, you don't know me. Second of all, I can deal with this. But if you do, if you're doing this to other people, you're going to really hurt someone. Yeah. And, and you really need to think like before you talk, before you say something. And he was like, I've never thought about it like that. I'm really sorry. And I think, I, th- I also think people don't think about it as well. But like, same thing. Like when it happens to me, I'm like, I'm grateful it's me because it just it really. Yeah. really does nothing to me like it's not like i think about a loose sleepover i laugh if anything or i clap back like some guy said something like this is my favorite tiktok clap back um it got so many views like okay it seemed a little cocky but at the same i don't know how i would have responded to this guy anyway basically it was like the whole um metal thing mm. and i said and he said like oh like something about a lot hold on, we're here um his comment was I said, like, I know from personal experience how much people make for medals. And he said, personal experience. Did you sell or buy one? Google. Elbow, why not just admit you made this all up? Why lie? And I said, I made one of, like, I held up my medal. And I was like, actually, I won this. I didn't buy it. And, like, it is personal experience. But you wouldn't be talking if you had one as well. And people are like, savage. And I'm like, well, like, what else do you say to, like, to dumb people like that? Yeah. There's, there is too much. The internet is a, is a is a wonderful thing. Like the internet, would, we wouldn't be having this conversation now. We wouldn't have met a lot of people that, that we've met. Yeah. And there's a for me, there's a lot more positives, but there's a fucking lot of dickheads on there as well. Yep, and that's where they 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 feel like they're free to roam and say whatever they want and put their opinions out there. And you say anything, they're like, well, it's a free a free country, and I can do whatever I want. Yeah, but you don't need to like bring other people down and be shitty yeah totally totally what have you got on the rest of the week anything fun um just figuring life out um i have some campaigns i have to i have to do so to do content for that i'm starting this job so a lot more research from the brand aspect um i have to find a new apartment i think that's the biggest stress of all this where are you thinking of going i want to stay in this area for sure I miss New. I miss, I I miss living there so much. I fucking love New York. It's just too expensive. Um, it is, but isn't. Like, if you you have to play around and and find something good, you can find something for a good price. But it's just a lot of searching. Yeah, for me, is like I just am never there. Right. So like, I have like I always have like a base, but for me to not be there and still pay the New York like rent I'm just like this is just pointless it's just a waste of money because i'm there like you could also just buy a condo 
Yeah, I could. And I thought about it. I've thought about it recently because I'm looking at leaving. De- I'm not looking at leaving Detroit, but I want to have somewhere else. And I can't have a studio in a condo. Because it's like. Well, unless you do like really good sound. Yeah. Whatever. I need to look at it. I do need to look at it because it's. Because there's one that I'm looking at. Um, you looking at I just buying? don't have enough for the down payment. I'm like a little bit off. Yeah. But monthly payments would be like a little over 2000 It's a two bedroom. Yeah. My friend and I want to move in together. Mm. So I pay 1000 My friend pays 1000 And I'm just paying off my mortgage. Yeah. It's, it's the most, I, I think everyone that's in, everyone should buy a house. Especially in what, what we do. Um, the earlier you can buy a place, the, the better the better it is because you have like what's what's the word? Like paying your mortgage is generally always less than paying rent anyway. Yeah, because you're owning it. Yeah, There's exactly. not paying someone else's mortgage. Yeah, and making some like New York people are making a shit ton of money as well because yeah. a lot of the buildings are all bought and paid for years ago. Um, for like one dollar. Yeah crazy right let's wrap this up thank you so much how can people follow you on instagram tiktok all the good stuff um so all my social media handles are all just monica examine my first and last name um my podcast is on the fence with monica examine basically if you know my first and last name you can find me anywhere <laughs> sick thanks so much for coming on i really enjoyed this it was good it's good fun thank you so much for having me no worries and that is a wrap thank you so much to monica for coming on it was really good um hope you all enjoyed it keep safe share the podcast also don't forget if you want to win some tickets to la or win some tickets to a show um lnk.to forward slash searching comp which is s-e-a-r-c-h-i-n-g-c-o-m-p big love keep safe Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.